the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. Hey, y'all. I'm Bud Elliott, and this is my college football summer school series on Cover 3. I bring on the team experts from the 24-7 sports staff and ask them the questions I care about. No fluff. Which players will be toughest to replace? What position groups are sneakily better or worse than I realize? We get you the scoop on each team in 20 minutes or less. Let's go. Hey guys, I'm Bud Elliott, and this is my college football summer school here on the Cover 3 Podcast. Today, we are talking Illinois, which finally broke through under Brett Bielema. And to do that, we're going to bring on Jeremy Warner of Illini Inquirer, the best guy covering Illinois in the business. We're really happy to have him. Jeremy, welcome back, man. Thanks for having me, bud. I always enjoy these. Absolutely. So eight and four last year, uh, according to my numbers, best best Illini team we've seen in about fifteen years. Uh, I don't I don't have power numbers going back to when they made the Sugar Bowl, but it certainly had to be a pretty fun time to cover the Illini. Yeah, they're relevant again, bud. Uh, they're they're competent. They're competitive. Uh, it's rare to see. I mean, Brett Bielma. This is not something a lot of programs would, uh, you know, I guess brag about. But being nine and nine in the Big Ten the last two years. It's pretty good for Illinois, which uh, most people still think is is a bottom of the Big Ten program. It has not been uh, the last couple of years. So I think that's uh, a credit to Brett Bielma, Ryan Walters, of course, now his arrival at Purdue. Uh, he did a fantastic job as a defense coordinator the last two years. And the offensive staff here, Barry Loney, made a nice impact last year in his first year as the offensive coordinator. But yeah, I mean, eight and five is a big breakthrough. I think anybody would have said that was a great season for Illinois. But to be honest with you, bud, it's a little bit of disappointment in the way it ended. Illinois was 7-1. and one. They had the Big Ten West title in their hands entering the final month, uh, and they lost back-to-back games to a Michigan State team that was reeling at the time, uh, Purdue, which obviously went on to win the Big Ten West. So I think Illinois had a great year comparatively to what they've had here recently, but they also missed some opportunities. I mean, they had some really good talent. We saw a lot of those guys get drafted. Um, so there was a little bit of missed opportunity in that season, but certainly I, I think Brett Bielma has shown that he's doing a really good job uh, and he's got a really good staff and that they can develop talent. And now next year, 2023, is all about building on that. Uh, they did a really good job in the offseason of retaining a lot of key players, even though they lost some guys to the, the uh, NFL draft, of course. But uh, I, I think they, they have a strong, strong foundation in the trenches. And now we'll see uh, if the offense can take another step forward this year. You mentioned the the retention. I I thought that was pretty big. When I go do my roster analysis, they lost guys to the NFL, but they did a pretty good job. And maybe this reflects their culture of not losing dudes to the transfer portal who are are important players. I I don't know if Bielema has talked about that or not, but there are some schools that really got picked over in, in, in your league. And Illinois is not one of them. It's the biggest story of the offseason outside of maybe Luke Altmaier uh, entering, uh, coming to Illinois. 
from uh, Ole Miss as a transfer quarterback, uh, Illinois' retention was huge um, because we could talk about the, the sexiness of having a top 10 recruiting car transfer class, all of that. Nobody that they could have gotten in the portal was as good as Johnny Newton, um, who had significant interest from SEC teams, even though he did not go in the transfer portal. Keith Randolph is an all Big Ten defensive lineman who has a chance to be an NFL draft pick as well. Isaiah Adams could have gone to the NFL draft in a mid-round pick. He came back to try and be a first or a second round pick on the offensive line. Julian Pearl returned for a sixth year, even though he talked about, like, I don't know if I want to go to school for another year. He's coming back. So Illinois did a great job of focusing its NIL on retention more than the transfer portal. But that's just given them such a huge boost. And they lost maybe one guy or two guys that were in there too deep. Uh, Brian Hightower went to Cal to be closer to home. C.J. Hart seemed like he lost his starting job to, to Dylan Rosiak, a redshirt sophomore. He decides to tr- transfer to Oregon State. That's all that they lost from their two deep in the transfer portal. So uh, that's significant, I-, I think, nowadays. I think retention is is one of the hardest things to do. So that that tells me, one, they they like playing for Brett Bioma. They trust him. Uh, he's talked about how there's a difference of they, they know what it was in the previous staff and what it's like now. Plus, they're seeing Devin Witherspoon, Sidney Brown, Quan Martin. I'll go in the top 100. Kirby Joseph, uh, two years ago, going the top 100. They think this staff can put him in the best position for the long term. You, you mentioned a lot, a lot about that defense last year. Third in Bill Connolly's SP Plus, which is a ridiculous rating, especially because you know defense typically closely aligns with your defensive recruiting ranking. So, so the fact that I, that the Illinois is that up there that high, I think that speaks volumes to the, the scouting and the player development that they've done. Uh, the basically the entire front seven uh, that that matters came back, and that, that's got to be a, a great building block to build on. You you mentioned Newton. Is there another guy up there that we think is going to be just, just like a no doubt NFL type guy? I do just want to talk about Newton for a second. He's a wrecking ball. I I don't know, but if there's anything more he can do to to help his draft stock, um, but he's certainly being projected right now as a first round draft pick. So I don't know how many people know the name Johnny Newton quite yet, uh, but he led Power Five interior defensive lineman in pressures, according to pro football focus, and it wasn't that close. So um, he is, he's an unbelievable talent. Uh, But Keith Randolph took a step forward last year, was right behind Newton in some of these stats, but he's still sort of new to football. He only played two years of high school, uh, was a really good basketball player. And now he's starting to come into his own six foot five, 300 pounds now, pretty versatile. But the two guys on the outside, this is the great part about their front four, which but I, I think is, could play for Michigan. I, I think they could play for most of the teams in the Big Ten and be one of the best Big Ten defensive fronts. Um, Seth Coleman had a bit of a breakout, former four-star prospect on, on 24-7 sports. Uh, he had a stretch of games that were really good, faded a little bit towards the end of the year when he had some injuries. But then freshman All-American Gabe Hackis is on the other side. And he was a three-star gem that Brett Bielman and his staff found. Uh, SEC programs were interested in bringing him uh, this offseason, but he decided to stay at Illinois. And that's monstrous because when you have four guys that are potential NFL guys uh, on the same defensive front, that means you can't double team most of them. So that the defensive front is by far Illinois strength. And given that they do lose four or five starters in the secondary, that should help. Uh, I, I don't think Illinois is going to be the the number one defense in some defensive stats this year, but they should be a really, really good defense in the Big Ten. Uh, they got some young guys in secondary. They've added some transfers, including freshman All-American Demetrius Hill. Uh, he's going to play free safety for Illinois. He, he was at FIU last year. 
But that defensive front, Tariq Barnes, a linebacker returns, should be really, really good, which allows you obviously to do so much more defensively. And in the back end, they, they lose four guys, three draft picks, uh, and, and the fourth who pretty much immediately got a UDFA invite uh, to do a training camp. That one of the most talented, if not the most talented secondary in, in the Big Ten is, is now completely rebuilt. They did a lot of interesting things with that group last year. What are the, how big of a drop off are we expecting here? And who are some names we should know? I guess like clearly there's going to be some drop off if you have that much loss, whether you're Georgia, Illinois, whomever. Yeah, you don't have Devin Witherspoon, a number five overall pick uh, yeah. in the draft, uh, the first top ten pick for Illinois since Kevin Hardy and Simeon Rice back in 1996. Um, so yeah, you don't have another guy like that. Sidney Brown is an unbelievable talent leader, um, and you got to replace all the. Quan Martin was an unbelievable versatile piece, kind of under radar, probably nationally, given uh, his numbers weren't quite as big as the the attention wasn't quite as big. But NFL teams, he uh, was. He was a basketball kid. I, I so I, I used to live in Fort Myers, and he was at Lehigh. Uh, and yeah. James Cheney, who's now the uh, director of player uh, development at Colorado for Dion, was Lehigh's head coach. And I was out at practice. Um, Clemson's quarterback coach Streeter uh, was there at the practice, and and he was like, "Hey, we got just got this kid over from basketball. Like, check him out." And he had like crazy. I, I didn't work for twenty four seven sports at the time. This right. was five six years ago now, but it, that was a good find by them. He had some serious hop. I, I don't know what he verted at the combine, but like, this guy's got some, got some springs. Well, and this is where we got to credit Lovey Smith and his staff. Yeah. Uh, well, they had plenty of issues here, bud. Uh, they could identify defensive back talent. Sidney Brown, I didn't even know who he was until signing day. Just announced his, that his NIL, and I was like, who's this guy? Turned on his film, unbelievable. Uh, Devin Witherspoon was going to Juco. I think everybody knows that story by now. Uh, and Illinois offered him after he qualified, and he turns into an absolute superstar despite some physical limitations weight-wise. Um, and, and what they did with Kirby Joseph developing that, then you got to talk about the staff after that, this new staff, Ryan Walters deserves the job opportunity he got was unbelievable putting these guys in positions to succeed. Uh, and these guys, you know, he figured out what these guys were good at, where they were good at. Like Quan Martin was between corner and free safety. He excelled as a nickel. Sidney Brown was kind of overthinking things. And then all of a sudden he gets in Ryan Walters defense and, he can pull the trigger, uh, and Brian Walters let him do that. Uh, Kirby Joseph, who is a deep reserve. Kendall Smith, a deep reserve. Those guys have 10 picks combined the last two years. Really an unbelievable job of that. But, yeah, how do they replace those guys? They have a lot of talent. They've done a good job of recruiting, but they've added a couple transfers. Nicario Harper was a FCS All-American a couple years ago. Didn't play much at Louisville. They brought him in. Is he a depth piece? Is he a nickel? Is he a strong safety? We'll see. Um, Demetrius Hill, the FIU transfer, they envision him as a free safety playing that Kirby Joseph, Kendall Smith role. But a couple guys in-house to look out for, two guys who played a lot as true freshmen. Matthew Bailey, as a true freshman, basically just played in the dime package, and he had three interceptions and fewer than 200 snaps. It's a pretty unbelievable thing for a guy who didn't have any Power 5 offers until late last January. Xavier Scott played a lot last year, likely going to replace Quan Martin, so I think that experience helped. They had some injuries, and he played a little bit. And Tyler Strain, an undersized corner, got to play a lot last year too. Um, they, they liked him. He's a little bit. He's five foot nine, but really fast. Has had a lot of strength. But one guy that played a lot last year, and, and his absence was felt late in the season due to an injury, was Taz Nicholson, another Florida kid, uh, another scrappy kid. Kind of has that Devin Witherspoon mentality where 
He packs a punch. He took a big step last year, and, and they struggled a little bit when he was out of the lineup. That got some guys some extra playing time, but uh, they have some bodies there. They have some pieces. They got to figure out where all these guys play. But uh, Taz Nicholson, Matthew Bailey, Xavier Scott would probably be some some big names to know there. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. So probably not the third best defense in the country again, but still yeah. should be a, a pretty darn good unit, a little different profile. with I mean, they, they blitz more than anybody uh, in, in leverage downs last year. So yeah, my question up a little bit. <laughs> my question, bud, is they played man-to-man coverage more than anybody in the yeah. country last year. Can you do that? with a young group? Do they trust that young group to do it? They're still going to do it because even though, Aaron, yeah, even though Ryan Walters is gone, they're not going to change the scheme. Aaron Henry was hired internally promoted uh, the defensive backs coach. So he knows all these guys. That's what they do. That is their identity. That's what they've practiced. So I expect them to do that. And, and if you can play man coverage with the front that you have, Illinois should be pretty good. I don't expect them to be the top defense in the big 10, I expect them to be a top five defense, which which should give you a, a really high floor. Absolutely. So offensively, there were some improvements from prior years, but still the overall efficiency, I mean, a, a hundredth in, in SP plus is, is I'm sure not where, where Bielema wants them to be. The, the DeVito loss to me is interesting. So the efficiency numbers were, were okay. Pretty high completion percentage, not a huge yards per attempt. But he did protect the football. I mean, just six turnovers, that's interceptions plus fumbles combined, which is is strong. I know he got hurt a little bit, but um, you know, how big of a loss is this? Because I, I feel like it's a loss that to you and me, maybe if we look in the numbers, not quite huge. Maybe maybe the staff really valued is, is, is you know, protecting the football. And, and who are they going to have to replace? Well, yeah, it's um, Illinois' numbers were not good last year offensively, but they were competent. They were competitive. At times, um, some games they they didn't put up big numbers, but the passing game just was competent, which is a huge, huge improvement. I mean, Illinois' passing offense has rivaled Rutgers the last, the last couple of years before Barry Lundy Jr. arrived, and Tommy DeVito was just a veteran. He, he was just a guy you could trust to make this the singles. He's going to hit singles, right? Um, he's he's not going to have turnovers. He's not going to strike out a lot. Uh, he's almost. I, he set a record for completion percentage for Illinois last year. Part of that's the scheme, but part of that was Tommy and his accuracy. So they they turned to Luke Altmeyer, who played a little bit at Ole Miss, but just a huge drop off in experience. Um, so I expect some growing pains with Luke Altmeyer, but he's got a lot of the skill set that Tommy DeVito does. He gets rid of the ball quick. Um, he, he's accurate as a thrower. What they're hoping is, you know, the run game should be strong. I know they lose Chase Brown, but. It's a Brett Bielma offense. Um, they have a good offensive line returning. 
they have a couple good running backs that they feel good about Reggie Love and, and Josh McCray and got some young guys they feel good about in Jordan Anderson, Aiden Lawfrey, Caden Fagan, a true freshman four-star prospect. So they feel like they have the bodies to be successful there, but they need big plays. They were one of the worst teams in the country in big plays. Isaiah Williams would get a couple of them, but they were terrible outside of Isaiah Williams, their slot receiver, uh, in, in yards after catch. It was just nothing after that. So they need to break big plays more often. Barry Lunny's got to figure out a way to do that. And then they have to score within the red zone. One of the worst teams in the country at touchdown percentage, once they get in the red zone, Iowa was the only team that was better or worse than them in the Big Ten, and it wasn't by much. So Illinois scored a lot once they got in the red zone, but they settled for field goals. So they have to find a way to score touchdowns. I do think that's one. Chase Brown is an unbelievable player. He's great at a lot of things. He's not great at moving the pile. Like He's not a power back in the red zone. And I do feel like Lonnie and Bielma leaned on him too much in the red zone. I thought they could have used him more as a decoy. I thought they could have used uh, been more you know, creative once they got into the red zone. But they also just need to score more outside of the red zone so they don't have to rely on you know 13-play, 15-play drives to score all the time. So that's going to be fascinating. It's Barry Lonnie's second year. He took a big leap his second year at UTSA uh, as an offense. He thinks knowing the scheme, knowing the terminology, uh, can really help, but you're also going through a quarterback change at the same time. So uh, it's if Illinois is going to take a step forward this year, the offense has to go from uh, a small improvement to, to another significant improvement. And I think most of that has to happen in the passing game. Yeah, if they can go from like a third-ranked you know, third defense to like a top-15 defense and you know, 100th SP plus to like 80th, 75th, that's right. that, that should even out just fine. You met, you mentioned Altmeyer. The receivers are, are the other portion of this. Williams is back. Who else do we expect to be part of that 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 formula if they do indeed have success and hit some explosive plays? Yeah, I think the two knowns in that wide receiver room are are Casey Washington uh, and Isaiah Williams. Isaiah Williams was recruited by everybody as a wide receiver, Ohio State, Bama, Michigan. Um, and, and he chose Illinois to be a quarterback. Bioma comes in and quickly he moves to wide receiver, which is where he should be. Um, Casey Washington's a, a solid veteran. Uh, good blocker, great hands, moves the chains, not a guy who's going to create a lot after the catch. Just not that fast, um, not that explosive, but a, a good veteran you can rely on. So the key here is Patrick Bryant. Um, it's his junior year. He had a semi-breakout last year, 30-plus catches, 450 yards. But for them to take another leap, they need a playmaker who can make plays downfield. And I think Pat Bryant has got to be that guy. He's six foot three. You know, close to 200 pounds, kind of the build you think. Uh, and, and if he can take another step, I think Illinois' offense can can take a significant step forward. They're very young outside of that. They've done a great job of upgrading the wide receiver talent uh, in the underclassmen. Um, Hank Beatty is a sophomore that they think is going to play. Canary Wiltshire, a freshman from Florida who's a burner, they think can make an immediate impact. They have four-star prospect, top in-state wide receiver, Malik Elzey, uh, was a big recruiting win for them. I think you can make an immediate impact, but you're counting on a lot of young, inexperienced guys. So they're still looking at the JUCO market to potentially add some depth. But I think Pat Bryant, outside of Isaiah Williams, is is one of the keys to this offense taking a step forward. And maybe Tip Ryman, their tight end, was a really good blocker, took a step as a receiver last year, but he was not good uh, on downfield uh, catches. So he needs to take another step forward, and they need a little bit more from that tight end room in the passing game as well. 
Brett Bielema seems to always have good offensive line play. They, they do lose the two Alexes, one a second-team All-American, one a second-team you know, Big Ten player. But what's the level of confidence they're going to be able to replace those guys? Well, they feel Isaiah Adams could push Johnny Newton for highest drafted player on their team. They, okay. they think that highly of what Isaiah Adams is. Juco kid was dominant at times uh, last year, one of the best run blockers in the Big Ten. They track knockdowns. He had 120 knockdowns last year, which is their version of pancakes. The year prior, Doug Kramer led the team with about 80. So that tells you how many Isaiah Adams had. Wow. He needs to clean up some things as a pass blocker. As it, you know, he had some penalties that were costly, but he's got a, a great uh, talent base. He showed a lot last year. They think he can be dominant this year. Julian Pearl returns for another season as their starting left tackle. Getting him back was huge. Zy Chrysler was a starter last year for them. A JUCO kid that you know came in a, a little big, and they've been trimming him down. So another year of experience should certainly help them. Th- then you have two spots that they need to fill. Center is one where they've been looking to add a transfer. Josh Kruitz, son of Owen Kruitz, is it kind of the first guy up right now in the spring ball, but they've been looking to upgrade that position. They had Avery Jones, the ECU transfer, and Auburn very late in the process was able to flip him. It was a big loss for Illinois, and, and they're still looking to upgrade potentially in the JUCO market. But between Josh Kruitz, Josh Geske is a redshirt sophomore who they feel is taking a step forward at tackle. And then they also returned Jordan Slaughter, who's kind of been their sixth man. It's probably going to be a battle um, between those three guys and potentially a, a transfer addition for who's going to fill those last two spots. So um, they have a good foundation with three starters returning, including two guys they think could be NFL draft picks next year. Uh, but who fills out those other holes is going to be, um, can they be a Joe Moore award candidate again? I, I, I don't know, but I still think they think it can be a strength, but they're still trying to add strength to it through the transfer portal. Absolutely. So what is the position outside of quarterback uh, where we feel the the starters are much better than the backups? And if you have to end up playing the backups, you're, you're probably in trouble. It's a defensive line. Um, you know, the outside linebackers, they got a couple guys that can play. Alec Bryant's a former four-star prospect that played pretty well last year. Um, Ezekiel Holmes coming back from an injury. He started some games in his career. So they, they feel good about depth there. But outside of Newton, Randolph, they're starting T-Raw Edwards likely at nose tackle this year. Here places Calvin Avery, who's uh, in a Minnesota Vikings uh, training camp coming up. But outside of, of Newton and Randolph, like it's a, it's a significant drop-off from two guys for NFL draft picks to the next group. They have a couple veterans. Bryce Barnes, a former walk-on. Um, that that can be reliable as a rotation player. They had a Denzel Daxon, a transfer from Ohio, to give him some depth at nose tackle. And they're they're talking up a little bit. Sed McConnell, who could be a key piece for them, a redshirt sophomore who was in Lovey Smith's last recruiting class. He needs to take a step forward because they need to figure out who's who's up after Newton and Randolph for 2024. I, I think they're probably gonna have to hit the transfer portal, but their D line recruiting suffered through two recruiting classes. So if Newton or Randolph does suffer an injury, uh, that could be a big concern because they don't have two more guys or another guy um, quite capable of doing what they're doing. Jeremy Warner, Line I Inquirer. Thanks for going to school on Illinois. Appreciate it, bud. Hey, guys. Bud Elliott here. Welcome back into my college football summer school series on the Cover 3 podcast today. I'm talking Louisville. There's a lot of stuff going on. Jody Demling of Cardinal Authority joins us. Jody, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. It's uh, yeah, a lot, a lot going on, a lot different since the last time we talked about the Louisville program. 
Yeah, yes, indeed. So a, a, a decent year last year, but not not quite what Louisville fans w- would have hoped for and, and not a lot of a momentum necessarily for the program at the time. They make a change. They go out and they get Jeff Brom of Purdue. The, the native son comes home. The, the, the vibes there have, have to be just off the charts right now. Yeah, and, and like you said, it wasn't a terrible year. It was a bad start last year. The defense played terrible early in the year, but then they rebounded and everything, everybody just kind of, there were always the people that wanted Jeff Brom from the moment he turned him down four years ago and then they went and hired Scott Satterfield. There were people that still wanted wanted him and always would have wanted him. Now, uh, I think a, a, a good fraction of the people, once Louisville kind of, okay, they're going to go to a bowl game. They've got this really good recruiting class. The NIL is kind of helping them out. Scott Satterfield's done a good job with that. I think some people just assumed, okay, it's Scott Satterfield's job for another couple of years. And then all of a sudden on December 5th, it was just like you wake up at 8 o'clock in the morning and oh, Scott Satterfield's taking the Cincinnati job. And the moment that that news broke, there was no doubt in my mind and I think in most people's mind that it was going to be Jeff Brom. That was the way it's going – that was the way that it was going to happen, Okay. And uh, it did. It created a lot of energy, created a lot of excitement. Ticket sales, boom, went right up through the roof without even knowing who he's going to have really on the roster because, you know, nowadays you just never know that. And uh, uh, I think that the excitement has continued through the offseason because of the schedule that they have in front of them next year and because of what uh, Coach Brom and his staff did not only early in that recruit in the recruiting cycle to to kind of come through and keep most of that really good recruiting class together, but also late in the recruiting cycle to where they continue to add player after player after player in the transfer portal. Jeff Brom is known for offense. This was a top thirty-five ish offense last year if you just for opponent, which is you know okay, kind of a top half of the Power Five, but not something that's necessarily special. They they do lose Malik Cunningham, who was a pretty dynamic quarterback. I thought Hudson was a, a really underrated receiver nationally, and they, they went to him a whole lot. But they they bring in Jack Plummer from Cal at quarterback, and they bring in five transfer receivers. I guess we'll start here, Jody. Can you sort out what this passing game is going to look like? Is it Does it actually have a chance to be better? Who, who are these receivers do we need to know? And is Plummer the guy? Yeah, Plummer's, I, Plummer's definitely the guy. You know, he started a ton of games for Jeff Brom and Brian Brom, who is going to be the offensive coordinator, uh, his brother. He started a ton of games for them at Purdue. Um, you know, and a lot of people thought, oh, he left Purdue and went somewhere else. It, it was kind of a mutual thing. Aiden O'Connell was going to be that guy. He was going to, to to have that job. And Jack Plummer wanted to have a job. So they they actually helped him get a, a, that job at Cal or helped him get the uh, a spot on the Cal roster and, and, and do the transfer kind of thing. So when Jeff got this job here at Louisville, I think it was immediately, okay, Jack Plummer's got one more year. He was a guy that you immediately thought of. Yes, he's going to be the guy. And I think this offense is going to be better. I think this offense is uh, is going to be more dynamic than it was last year. You know, I think last year it was a lot centered around the running game, and they would they would do a lot of the same things and a lot of the same different variations. Now they could pass it. They had a great receiver in Tyler Hudson. You know, during the Satterfield era, you Tutu Atwell, different different guys uh, that they had. But you're going to see more passing on in this Jeff Brom uh, offense and you're going to see more balls down the field, which I think a lot of the fans did not like in the uh, in the Satterfield uh, you know offenses. You didn't see as much down the field. Now, as far as the wide receivers are concerned, really, Amari Huggins-Bruce is the only guy back out of a pretty good group last year of receivers 
And he was the one guy who was kind of inconsistent uh, last year as a as a true sophomore. He uh, uh, he played well as a freshman and pretty a little bit better as a sophomore. Um, if I had right now, I would say I would say Jamari Thrash, uh, the transfer from from Jackson State, is the guy who's going to be the star in this offense for Jeff Brom. Kevin Coleman um, uh, is another one. Jimmy Callaway from Tennessee. Uh, has been moved from a slot to more of the outside. They really like what he what he has done. And then a couple of freshmen, William Foles and Katarius Hicks, are two guys that that came in in the spring and and really uh, had good springs for them. So they've got a lot of guys. Uh, and uh, and and you know you never know until until fall camp gets here who's going to be on that roster. And uh, and I do think that they'll probably add another one right around the start of fall camp. And uh, if they can get more playmakers, they will. But Jamari Thrash is that guy. So three of the five offensive linemen from last year's team are, are gone. They, they do have you know, two losses in, in, in Chandler and, and Trevor Reed, who are, if you're an ACC guy, you've seen those names on, on depth charts for, for a good long while. But they bring in four offensive line transfers, at, at, at least that, that's what I counted up. Who of those guys do, do we think are going to start? Uh, it's actually five. But, uh, oh, five. But yes, okay, wow. uh, yeah, but uh, they had one. John Paul Flores is a guy who was here from Virginia um, in, in the spring, and they really liked him. He was running with the ones in the spring. They've got Brian Hudson, who is uh, – uh, he, he's actually a Kentucky kid from, uh, from up in Georgetown, Kentucky. Went to Virginia Tech, transferred back, and has started for two years. He's the centerpiece. He's the guy in the middle that will make things happen for them at center. You also, uh, you also have Renato Brown and Michael Gonzalez. Gonzalez is the one guy, I think, on the team when you – if you're just coming in and you watch film of last year, Michael Gonzalez is the one guy that you point out and say, okay, he's a Sunday guy. He is a next level guy. He'll play in the NFL someday. Michael Gonzalez, like 6'5, 305. So you've got Brown and Gonzalez. Both those guys can move around a little bit. But when you throw in guys that they've brought in, Willie Tyler from, uh, from Rutgers and Lance Robinson from Houston are multi year starter guys, guys that have started for multi years at different places. Like I said, John Paul Flores. Uh, from Virginia has uh, uh, is kind of the utility Swiss utility knife. He can play three different spots on the line if he need be. And then Vincent Lumia from Duquesne is just a, a depth guy who they really, really thought, hey, this kid is going to come in and do kind of whatever we want. Now, with that said, the one who's the main guy is the Purdue transfer, Eric Miller, big, uh, big tackle. I think he's going to come in and uh, I think he starts right away. He's played for Jeff Brom. For Brian Brom again, you 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 get the vibe that uh, you know he knows what he's doing when he arrives on campus this summer. When he gets to be uh, in in with all the guys, he and Jack Plummer know each other well. So I think he's going to be the fourth guy. And then, like I said, you've got Tyler and Robinson and 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 Flores guys that you can pick from there. Um, and, and then they've got some young guys as well. You know, two of their highest rated recruits out of this recruiting class. Um, are uh, you know uh, at the, for for Louisville this past year uh, were, were freshman offensive linemen and you know when you really look at that Madden Sanker one of the highest rated recruits that they've ever had and then Luke Burgess a kid from Indianapolis uh, I think those guys I don't think those guys are gonna are gonna see a ton of reps but I think there's the potential that one of them could kind of be in the mix. So I mean I, I look at this off this offense and. Offensive line should be kind of same or better. Receiver could be same or better. Quarterback probably somewhat of a drop off because Cunningham was was fairly good. Like, but so I can still see a better offense. Defensively, uh, this was a very 
underrated defense, I thought, nationally, yeah. and, and especially down the stretch. It, it kind of hit its stride. I like what they have coming back as far as just dependability and knowing what you have on the interior defensive line. Jody, I got some major questions about pass rush here. I mean, Yaya Diaby, Sir Abdullah, and, and Momo Sanogo, 40 tackles for loss and 23 sacks between those three guys. It, how big is the drop-off here? Well, I think they've got a lot of bodies, but they've got a lot of guys who are unproven a, li- a little bit. Now, with that said, moving the system, you know, from what they were doing to 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 now having, you know, uh, the the uh, uh, the four two five, I think helps because of the personnel that they have. Um, they can move a guy. Their best defensive lineman. Uh, returning is Ashton Gelati. No question, 6'3", 275-pound junior. He is a guy who's played more in the middle for Brian Brown or more kind of in the in the trenches for Brian Brown. I can see where they will move him to one of, the, one of those four outside spots, and he's going to probably maybe not be what Yasir Abdul and Yaya Diaby were, but not too far off from that. Um, Stephen Heron, uh, a transfer from, uh, from Stanford, who's a local kid, uh, from here in Louisville, he's going to have to come in and play. And and then they did have some young guys that they were excited about um, and that, that the previous staff was excited about. And then when this new staff got here, they were like, okay, these guys are actually, these guys are actually pretty good. So that to me, uh, again, it's the biggest question mark on this team. Um, uh, what can they do up front defensively? But they have a lot of options. They have a lot of bodies. Um, and, uh, and, and I think, uh, with the addition of Heron and having Ashton Gelati and moving him around a little bit, I think it gives them a good start. It's just going to have to be, they're going to have to build some uh, some depth. Now, with that said, Mark Ivey was the defensive line coach for them under Scott Satterfield. He's the only guy, full-time staffer, who was retained. He moves to the linebacker spot, uh, which he had coached before. And then Mark Hagan, uh, who's the co-defensive coordinator, is now doing the defensive line. So, You've got a couple of guys there that know these guys well and can kind of get really kind of get after them and get them going. I, I do think it's a group that that again we don't know, uh, and that's the biggest question mark. But I think that they have a lot of potential in that group with some uh, some of the younger guys. I can tell you this: they have uh, a lot of really good freshmen that are coming in. It's one of the highest rated recruiting classes in 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 school history, and I think the guy that they're more excited about than anybody is Adonijah Green. They call him Sticks, and for rightly so. 6'6", 205-pound defensive end. Now, is he going to be able to do it this year at that weight? No, he's going to have to put some some weight and some strength on. But if uh, if they can get one guy like that to kind of come through this year uh, that they don't expect, uh, and there's a few of them that, uh, that they kind of think are going to be really good, if they can get one of those guys to come through, it's going to really help out. Uh, and, and again, it's just about depth up front. So I, I have a couple questions too about the sort of off-ball inside linebacker linebacker type. So you, you lose Money Montgomery and you lose Jones. And if you're a national fan, like maybe not know who those guys are, but in the ACC, like we, we knew who those guys were. Right. Like yeah. like those guys could play. What what's the level of play you're expecting out of the linebacker unit? Well, I, it, it got a big boost with the addition of Keith Brown from Oregon. He's a guy who's got who's got experience. Who's a veteran. They they needed that. They felt. In spring ball, they felt pretty good. KJ Cloyd um, is a, is an older guy who's been around, who hasn't been a star, but has been solid and can do it. 
um, Jalen Alderman, and then Gilbert Frierson, who the kid uh, tra- who transferred from Miami. He played a little more of a safety kind of thing at Miami, but they they've moved him uh, into there. Jackson Hamilton's a younger kid um, that they had as well, and T.J. Quint. Now those are guys that are coming back. They also had. Uh, I was talking about Adonijah Green as the number one guy as far as uh, the, uh, the the freshman. The next guy, and again, it's funny because Jeff Brown, this offensive guy, they brought in a lot of offensive weapons and different things, and the two freshmen they're more excited about, I think, are the defensive guys, and Stanquan Clark is the is the other one. He's a linebacker from down in Miami um, who I think is going to play. I think he's going to absolutely come in and, and be a really good player. Um, I'm not going to say he's going to start from day one, but there's a chance he's out there. Uh, on opening night uh, for Louisville. He is really that good, uh, and we saw it in the spring game, six tackles in the spring game, and was just all around the ball. So, they again, they've got pieces. It's just a little bit unproven, some young guys, and then you add Keith Brown to the mix, the kid from Oregon, and I, just, I think he is the one um, – he's the one transfer. They needed a bunch of pieces in the transfer. Obviously, you needed a quarterback. You needed different things, but the one transfer after spring ball – that perhaps they needed more than anything was that was somebody at that linebacker group with some experience and they got him with Keith Brown. So Jody, they, they lose Catrell Clark, who I thought was a pretty yeah. underrated player. And I mean, granted, this defense was, was really good. I, I, I thought, especially down the stretch, right. Everybody else who played a lot of snaps pretty much returns. And yet they went out and they brought in six transfers yeah. at DB. Like what, what does that say about the staff's evaluation of the returners at, at, at DB? Well, again, I think it's more about the depth than anything. I think it's more about the the switch in the in the scheme and 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 having more guys, you know, out there. Obviously, Jarvis Brownlee's the best defensive back that they have. I, I thought as as good as Keetro Clark was last year. I thought late in the season, Jarvis Brownlee was playing at a higher level than anybody on that defense in the secondary. Uh, I thought he would leave. I thought he would at least maybe you know test the waters or do something, but um, you know, he actually, from what I understand, people around him were like, hey, one more, you know, one more year of, of what you did last year and uh, and you're going to see your stock go up even higher. Now with a new staff, uh, you know, you see a different version of Jarvis Brownlee. He's around the ball more. Um, he, played, he had a great spring for what he was out there. And I think Jarvis Brownlee is the best guy there. Quincy Riley is a guy who the other staff was so high on. He played really well late in the season. MJ Griffin, hey, they didn't put him in until the uh, at the Virginia game. He didn't play. And once he got in, they couldn't get him out of the lineup at safety last year. You know, so so he is obviously uh, a, a playmaker as well. And then and then you have um kind of the forgotten guy to me is Josh Minkins, six three hundred and ninety five pounds safety. Um he didn't because he got hurt late in the season. Uh he missed the bowl game and he missed all of spring ball. So um, we've kind of forgotten about him a little bit, but that's four, like you said, four returning guys right there. Um, other than that, they've got some younger guys that are unproven, and I just think the staff felt like they needed to go out and, and get some guys. Marcus Washington being the one, I think, who's probably the uh, the one that that I'm more intrigued about anything. Cam Kelly, uh, Cam Kelly and uh, Storm Duck from UNC, I know they both went elsewhere, but they're transferring from UNC because they were only at those other places for like two months um, but but both of those guys, we, we kind of know what you're going to get. You, you've seen what you're going to get. But I think Marcus Washington, the, the transfer from Georgia, is the one that I'm maybe more excited about than anything because of the potential that everybody saw in him coming out of high school. 
Uh, and I think he can come in and, and really help um, this defense this year. And, and again, it's more about depth. Ron English and Steve Ellis, the two coaches back there in the back end, they want to use a lot of guys. They want to rotate guys in and out of there and keep guys fresh and keep guys uh, out there. And, and to do that, they needed more bodies. And, and I think they've gone out and, uh, and, and they've done that. Jody, where on this team would you say is the spot that the, the starters are, are a lot better than the backups and so they have to really stay healthy here? I mean, honestly, I think it's right now quarterback. I mean, I, I really do. You know, Brock Doman for all that he did last year. And, and when and that that's the crazy thing to go back to last year. If you think about it, Malik Cunningham had such a great career, but really for the expectation of last year, he didn't have a great senior last season here at Louisville. Yeah. Um, you know, he he didn't finish some games because he was injured throughout. And that, that's not a fault to his own because he was making plays and doing different things, you know, and then he didn't play, uh, you know, in, in the bowl game. Brock Doman came in and did an admirable job. He tried to do what best he could do. And and he really did do a good job to lead this team. And then they, they won the bowl game. Uh, but um, for Jeff Brom and for Brian Brom and for this staff, I think you look at that quarterback position being so important to what they do and how they do it. Uh, Jack Plummer is that guy, but uh, but I think there's a there is a pretty big drop off in my opinion once you get past Jack Plummer to go uh, you know to the other guys. With that said, Pierce Clarkson is the kind of the oddball kind of in, in the equation here. Because I thought Pierce Clarkson would be the backup, but he got he hurt his foot in the you know before spring ball and missed almost all of spring ball. Didn't take hardly any live reps. I don't think he took any live reps. He took some reps, um, but uh, but he missed all of spring ball and that put him behind. So he was set up to be the backup and to kind of close that gap. And hey, I thought maybe when Jeff Brom was a freshman at Louisville way back in the day, Howard Schnellenberger made it to where Jeff Brom came in. He was the prized freshman. He was the guy in the recruiting class. And Jeff Brom had at least one series in every second quarter. Browning Nagel was the quarterback at Louisville. I kind of thought, you know what, Jeff Brom kind of might do the same thing or something similar, at least to see with Pierce Clarkson out there. Unfortunately, Pierce Clarkson gets injured, doesn't go through spring ball, and, and now is kind of in the middle of a group with all those other guys. I do think he will step forward and be the backup and narrow the gap in, in fall camp. So I don't think there will be a, that big a gap. But right now, if you had, if I had to say, that is the biggest gap. Awesome. Jody Cardinal Authority, really appreciate the time. Thanks. Appreciate it.